starting to feel silly about dealing with him in the first place. So I walked away from the cash register and pretended to check on how the steam buns were coming along. I shifted my line of sight and spotted Kozue Morishita observing the goings-on from behind the confectionery shelf. It occurred to me that the only people in the shop were Kozue, this robber, and myself. Good thing there weren't any customers. You expect me to believe you? he asked, raising the steel pipe in a threatening manner. A Christmas decoration toppled down. What's not there is simply not there, I said. Clearly agitated, the man's head twitched to the right again and again. A guy who believes in violence can get pretty restless the moment it fails him. Now this here's a cash register, he said, raising his squeaky voice and pointing to the register with his steel pipe. Just deposited the money at headquarters, so I'm telling you the truth. There's nothing here. I lifted the lid of the steamer and looked inside. The meat buns weren't ready yet. When it gets cold outside, they suddenly start selling fast. Err, what's a deposit? He was being terribly candid, but it certainly wasn't a question a robber should pose. What do you think? I began to tinker with the displays on the cigarette shelf. Just as before... Josue was crouching down and monitoring the situation from behind a shelf full of curry-flavored snacks. Dissatisfied, the man stepped out of the store but returned immediately. Apparently, once outside, he'd become ticked off at me, his victim. That's bullshit, he shouted, whacking the photocopier with his steel pipe, which bent instantly. It was all very disappointing to watch. The pipe must have been made of aluminum and not steel. What a letdown. The photocopier made a dull thud as the green light inside went on a round trip. You take me for an idiot, don't you? The pipe fell and rolled across the floor, clanging lightly. The guy then treated himself to the donation box containing small change, holding it like a greedy dog and shouting, You'll be sorry, before rushing into the darkness outside. And so departed the bandit, who had no qualms about throwing the world into confusion for the sake of some chump change. I sighed, pondering the futility of it all. Recent times have seen a rise in the number of such dopes. Thanks to them, I've got more on my plate now than I ever did. Still, what are you going to do? A job's a job, so I felt obligated to call the cops and report the incident. Kozue lowered the shutter of the store in a panic. I didn't want to close the store, but I suppose it couldn't be helped. The Handbook of Regulations specifically states that in the event a robber sets foot in the store, we should lower the shutter immediately and stay focused on maintaining the status quo. The peaceful atmosphere of the convenience store had been disturbed in an instant. That was a shame. I like it here. This convenience store is my sanctuary. There's a stillness here that's like the stillness you find in the snowy, bleak plains of Siberia. It's something that the man was incapable of understanding, but then again, he's probably incapable of understanding anything. He simply loses himself in mindless acts of violence, forever remaining clueless to the value of where he happens to be, and then one day, he just dies. What an insect. How can he call himself human? He disgusts me. He disgusts me in the same way I get disgusted when I find a rusty grain beetle inside a rice box or see a moth dive into a candle flame. 
I closed my eyes to pull myself together, lest an insect took possession of my spirit. I recited a mantra in my mind and cleansed all extraneous, unpleasant vibes out of my system. When I opened my eyes again, Kozue Morishita stood before the counter. She was looking straight at me with large eyes. I had no choice but to reciprocate. You're tough, aren't you, chief? she asked, blushing. Most people would be crapping in their pants by now. I mean, that was a robber, a real-life robber. Kozue Morishita took care of the police, explaining all that was necessary, speaking to an officer as if she were casually chatting with a friend over a mobile phone, breathlessly explaining all that had transpired. So you weren't able to see the man's face then? There's no way we could have. Like I said, his face was hidden with this humongous helmet he was wearing. I just stood there, chiming in now and then. There was nothing to it, but I'm not...